You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Literally means to be restrained by shackles. Or to be put in handcuffs. To be imprisoned, to be locked up. Figuratively, to be chained means to be controlled by something or somebody. It's when something or somebody tries to limit your freedom. One thing as Christians, we, we have to really get in our being and allow it to be manifest in our thoughts, our words, and our deeds that God does not want his children to be controlled by chains. God does not want a thing controlling you. God does not want what's happening in the earth controlling you. You go through things in your body that affect you. But God does not want those things controlling you. Because you can be to the point to where you allow a headache. A sore foot. Heart trouble. To control you. You're battling, but you allow what you're battling to control you. And when something controls your thoughts, words, and deeds, it's basically your God. I'm hurting, but you're not going to control me. I'm going through this, but what I'm going through is not going to control me. That should be the mindset of a child of God. I'm going through this, but I'm not going to allow this thing to control me. This thing is not bigger than me. I'm bigger than it. It's not going to control me. That has to be your mindset. I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you why. Uh, especially as a child of God, that you don't need to allow anything, anybody to control you. Let's go to John 8. 
I'm going to start at verse 31. You've read it, quoted it, and so forth, but I want to just deal with just a little bit. John 8, 31 is where we're going to start. This is what Jesus said to some people that believed him. Ready? John 8, 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believe him. How many in here consider yourself a believer of God's word? He said, if you abide in my word, which means to stay in it. If you stay in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Stay in my word and I'll know you're my disciples. Verse 32, and you shall know the truth. Now, this is after staying in the word, becoming a disciple. Notice the growth. And you will know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. We, we got to understand that's how powerful truth is. It'll free you. Notice it'll make you free. It'll create you into a different person. It'll change your thoughts, your words, and your deeds. It'll, it'll make you look in the mirror and see the person you've been seeing for years. But even though you're seeing the same person, you'll know that you're different. Yeah, I'm that same walker that, that, that used to sin. That was born January 6. 1961. Yeah, I'm that walker, but I'm different also. Because the word changed me. Who on the same page? The word just changed you. you. You are the same, but you're not the same. You live at the same address, but it's not the same person at that address. You're the same, but yet you're different. The difference is what Christ did for you. You know one of my favorite scriptures is 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. If anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. Old things have passed. Behold! Take a look inwardly and outwardly. Everything is different. Everything is better. You'll be free. Indeed, you'll know the truth. And the truth will make you free. God will work on your mind. God will change you for the better. Things you never thought you could do, God will show you you can do. God will let you know. I know you couldn't do it on your own, Walker, but you got to understand, son, with me, all things are possible. Focus say something is dead, but then Jesus said, no, that, no, that, that ain't no death right there. That's just sleep. You remember he, he showed up with parents back at their house and then these folk at these people's house had the nerve to say, hey, it ain't no need in y'all going in there now because your daughter dead. She's now, she's asleep. 
She's sleep. Long story short, she must have been because he sure woke her up. But he told the parent, he said, look, just believe what I tell you. See, we have to be to the point to where when God frees us because of our belief, we never allow anything or anybody to change our belief. Belief in God's word causes a process called freedom to happen for you. And when the truth or God's word frees you, you don't need to allow bondage to come back. Y'all staying with me? Notice John 8 and 36, what he said to these folk. John 8, 36. Therefore, if the son, didn't say Walker, did it? Put your name down. But it didn't say your name, did it? But it did say it, the son. Therefore, if the son of God makes you free, you shall be free indeed. If God creates you to be different, you're different no matter what nobody says. If God heals you, you're healed no matter what nobody says. If God tells you it's well, it's well, no matter what nobody says. Because whom the Son makes free is free indeed. And indeed means without a doubt or for sure. I said, oh, for sure. That means when God says well, you can go around and say, you know, it's well. For sure. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm healed. Without a doubt. Look at another neighbor and say, it's well. For sure. But you got to hang on to your belief. You got to hang on to what God told you. See, hanging on to what God told you is what's going to happen. Because Jesus said in Matthew 24 and 35, heaven and earth shall pass, but not my word. What I tell you. What I said to you is what's going to be permanent. Not what they're saying. They told you something last month, but look at how different it's been. Whom the Son makes free is free indeed, without a doubt. God will tell you when you po, P-O, I'm going to make you wealthy. When you're trying to find some, some chain up under, up under your sofa. And then ain't none up under the sofa, so you start looking between the pillows on the sofa. Even into the back of the sofa, you go back there filling and scraping. Because you need something to eat. But at that moment, God tells you, I'm going to make you wealth. 
poor butter believe I'm going to make you wealth. You have to hold on to what God tells you. You have to hold on to it because God never says anything just to be saying it. Whether he's talking directly or indirectly, he never says anything just to be saying it. It's just like I'm excited right now because God is giving me stuff to say to folk, but I'm hoping you receiving that that Walker just ain't saying what he's saying just to be saying it. He's talking to somebody, somebody getting their rainbow right now. It, it, it's just. Are you receiving what he's putting on the table? Whom the Son makes free is free indeed. And so you have to, you have to stay free. And, and, I'm a, and, I'm, and I got to say this. Sometimes the enemy would try to make you feel that you're not free. Allow your body to cut up to the point to where your body starts trying to control your, your mind and your words. Say your neighbor, that's normal. But you still got to hold on to whom the son makes free is free indeed. And so when things start happening that are in contrast to what God told you, especially in reference to your body, you, got, you have to remember what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9. Go there with me real quick. 1 Corinthians 9. Y'all almost there? Brother Powell said, I'm there. I'm one page away. All right, 1 Corinthians 9 and 27. This is what Paul said. He said, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Let me just pause and just ask you a quick question. You ever talk to yourself? Sometimes you have to talk to your toe, your hand, your foot, or whatever causing the problem. I discipline my body and bring it into help me. Look, you gonna obey me on. Now, why do you have to tell your body what to do or bring your body into subjection? Lest, when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. See, things will try to come against you and cause you not to believe what you've been telling folks you believe. Don't let your body cut up to the point to where you stop believing God is a healer. 
You done told folk God is a healer. So don't allow your body that's cutting up to convince you that God is not a healer. Don't allow your money that is funny to cause you to believe that Malachi 3 is not right. That Luke 6 and 38 would never manifest in your life. Don't disqualify yourself. Ooh, I got to say it another way. Look at somebody and say, don't mess up your own self. Ooh, you didn't say it as loud as I needed you to say it. Say to one more person, don't mess up your own self. Matter of fact, let's just, let's just get it in line with the scripture. Say to somebody, don't allow your body, allow your body to, mess you up. to mess you up. You have to discipline your body. And sometimes when your body is racked with pain, you have to tell your body, we still going to do this even though you hurt. And I'm going to tell you why we're going to do this even though you heard. Because of Philippians 4 and 13. I can do what all things through Christ. And he's going to give me the strength. You cannot allow anything or anybody to control you. Especially that man or woman in the mirror. I said, you cannot allow anything or anybody to control you, especially that man or woman in the mirror. I'm in understanding. You have to discipline your body. Bring it into what? Subjection. Yeah, we are going to get out of this bed today. Yeah, we are going to go make this $1,000 today. I mean, I understand that. And so, it's important to, again, receive in our being that we cannot allow ourselves to be chained. To the point to where we are controlled by our situation. Amen? Amen. And, and so I want to look at some, some literal examples in scripture of where men of God were chained. But they did not allow what they were physically going through to control them. Y'all alright with that? I'm going to go to it anyway but I just want to know. Let's go to the book of uh, Acts. The book of Acts. Let's go to the book of Acts. And we want to consider the 12th chapter of Acts. And we want to start reading at the 6th verse. Acts 12, starting at verse 6. And when Herod was about to bring, y'all down? Hey, some of y'all turning. Ready? Let me start over. And when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains. Two is the number of testimony. And he was between two soldiers. 
That means he changed, but he got somebody on his left, somebody on his right to make sure he don't go nowhere. And the guards before the door were keeping the present. So two folks on his sides, as well as other folks, guard the present. Verse 7. Now behold, an angel or messenger of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up. Because Peter was asleep. So he basically said, hey, Peter, wake up. Time to go. Except he said, arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Now, Peter would not have did what the angel told him. The chain would have stayed on him. See, sometimes God will give us a word that's tailored for our situation. And if we obey that word, chain's gone. But if we don't, we're going to stay bound. If God tell you to give, and it's going to be given unto you, good measure, pressing down, shaking together, and running over. But you sat in your seat, even though God told you to give, you're going to stay broke. Or stay in a bad financial situation. Because certain things will only happen when you obey what God tells you to do. How many are still with me? Verse 8, then the angel said to him, gird yourself, tie on your sandals. So he did. See how he's just obeying the message. Little simple stuff, but he obeying the message. Tie your shoe like he's a child. So I ain't no child. You ain't got to be telling me to tie my shoes. He didn't say that to the angel. Did he? he tied his shoes. You know, because some folks, Walker put on his pants just like me. He got a lot of nerve telling me what I, but, but see, I can tell you something simple, but I'm telling you because this is what God is giving me to say. But notice, he obeyed the angel. And notice, again, at verse 8, then the angel said to him, gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did, and he said to him, put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know that what was done by the angel was real but thought he was seeing a vision. Peter said to him, you know because he's still sleeping, following the angel doing what the angel is telling him to do but thinking it's a vision. Bottom line, his chains were free. Even though he had guards on both sides. God still freed him. See, it does not matter what your situation is. God can free you. The key, according to the verse, just obey his word. When he tells you to do something, just obey it and let him work. Just obey his word. Just follow the word. Just like Peter. Peter just followed what the messenger told him to do. And he freed him. All right, let's go further. Let's go to Acts 16. Y'all stay with me. 
I'm already talking to somebody. Who am I talking to? Just put your hand up real quick. Acts 16, 25 is where we'll start. At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Now, they in prison locked up. And the prisoners, they didn't worship with them, but they did listen. Well, that's what it says. Notice. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loose. Notice a corporate blessing, corporate deliverance. God allowed folk to be freed. A congregation of folk to be free. But he sent or allowed an earthquake to happen, and that's what caused it. See, God can use literal things. And supernatural things to free us. But it's going to always be connected to our worship. It's going to always be connected to doing what does saith God. Don't never put your trust in a person fully. And when you do put your trust in a person, make sure it's connected to God. That God is giving you permission to trust that person or that thing. Because you, if you put your trust too much on a person, when that person lets you down, guess what? You're going to fall because you had too much confidence in him or her. How many are still with me? And so, back in 2 Timothy 2, Paul was literally chained. He was chained. Let's consider what verse 8 says again. Paul said, remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead. Then he says, according to my gospel. Now this man is in prison. And by this time, he he knows that a sentence has been given for him to be beheaded. Headed for Nero's chopping block. But he's talking about how Jesus was raised from the dead, but he puts a twist in it according to my gospel. See, Paul was so connected to God to where God's word has had become his word. 
It had become his word to the point to where God would give him something that was written, but would allow him to take his word further in breaking it down for the people of God to receive it. He, he wouldn't get away from God's word, but he would break it down to the point to where when he talked to the prisoners, talked to churches or whoever, they would understand in simplicity exactly what the written word meant uh, in reference to their situation. Something that was wrote a thousand years ago, Paul would bring it up to his day and time and feed it to the people of God. And so Paul had got to the point to where when he talked about the news of, the, of Jesus, the gospel, to where it became his gospel. And basically, that's what was controlling him. Locked up in prison, but being controlled by the gospel. To the point to where one time Paul was locked up and he let him know. He said, look, it, it ain't y'all that, that's got me locked up. The Lord is the one that allowed this to happen. Because God had told him earlier when he first saved him. You're going to suffer a whole lot of stuff, but it's going to be for my sake. You're going to go through a whole lot of trouble, but it's going to be for my sake. It's just like some of you right now, you're going through some stuff, but do you not understand you're going through what you're going through for the kingdom of God's sake? You're going to have a testimony even though you're going through something you don't want to go through. Say to your neighbor, shout now, even though you're going through something. Give God a hallelujah anyhow, even though you're going through something you don't want to go through because there is purpose in it. You keep saying, God, do this, do that, and do that. Now let God have his way in your life so a testimony can come out of it, not only to be a blessing to you, but to be a blessing to so many others. Notice, Paul knew his gospel was so powerful that it could raise the dead gospel what I'm telling y'all about it raises the dead it changes life for the better he's saying it's because of my gospel that, that I'm suffering all of this trouble and they're even calling me an evildoer it's because of my gospel. Man, that gospel will get you in trouble. Especially when folks see you, they, they look at you and say, yeah, I see you got such and such and such. And How in the world you do that? The gospel. Don't, don't let folks know you're preaching. You tell them you're being blessed because of the gospel. They'll look at you, that preacher right there. I like to tell them, I'm a preacher. How you get what you got? I'm, I'm a preacher of the gospel. God is blessing me because of what he promised in his word. 
And, and sometimes you run into other Christians, that's exactly what they need to hear. You tell them God is blessing you and you be at the gas station to be talking about, hallelujah, brother. But then you run into them folk that somebody that I made them mad at the church. I like that car. How you get that car? Oh, the Lord blessed me, but then, oh, you one of them. Oh, y'all ain't never had a conversation like that when somebody called you one of them? So you believe in all that church stuff. You believe in all that Bible stuff. Yes. My eyes get wide when I tell. Yes. I guess you do the tithe thing. Yes. And you believe it works. Yes. See, Paul wasn't ashamed of the gospel. You can't be ashamed of the gospel. I got to show you what Paul said. Lord have mercy. I have. I got to show you what Paul said about the gospel. Go with me to uh, Romans 1. Romans 1. Romans 1. Lord have mercy. I got to show you this. I hope this becomes your testimony. This is just so powerful. Romans 1. We're going to start at uh, verse 16. Lord have mercy. How many have this so far? I know some of y'all, you scared to tell for you Christians. How you get your car? Well, you know, I work at such and such, and they pay me $17 an hour. You're going to tell them, God bless you, you're putting it on that $17 an hour. Shame, shame on you. But notice what Paul says here in Romans 1 and 16. For I am not ashamed. Of the gospel of Christ. Why Paul? Because it is the power of God. To salvation. A message can save you. Notice what he said. It is the power of God. Unto what? Say to your neighbor. A message can save you. A message can change your life. For the better. You can come in here one way and leave another way simply because of the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation. Unto salvation. And, and, and when, when, when you really start believing in the gospel, when, when you really start believing in giving, that's when you're going to start receiving that good measure, that press down, that shaking together, and that running over. When you really start believing that with the stripes of Jesus you have been healed, that's when you're going to receive that healing that the doctor is going to be baffled by and can't help but open his mouth and say I don't understand how it happened but it happened and you reply by saying it's a miracle and my Jesus my way my truth my life brought it to pass high five two folks are telling the gospel will change your life It'll change your life for the better. It'll turn your situation completely around. But you can't be ashamed of it. You can't be embarrassed by the gospel. 
You can't be ashamed to tell for the reason you're doing as well as you're doing. Don't give a job God's credit. You know how jobs are. You'll be working one day, they'll fire you the next day. Or lay you off and give you some lame reason as to why they laid you off. You better tell them real quick. Can't nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody. I'll tell you how come I'm blessed. It's because of my Jesus. And I'll tell you something else. Can't nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody. But they do me like my listen, listen, listen to this. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. Salvation threefold: deliverance, protection, and prosperity. Ought to make you rich. See, some of y'all scared to say stuff like that. He'll cause you to prosper in every aspect of your life. Solomon wasn't ashamed to say it. That's the reason he penned Proverbs 10 and 22. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. And guess what? He has no sorrow to it. So I'm like, you know what? I got some stuff and I ain't sad either. I got a whole lot of stuff that I'm working with and I ain't sad about having it either. God will bless you. And I'm going to tell you something. If you don't want God to bless you, you better not believe the gospel the way you need to believe the gospel. Because if you start believing this gospel according to what is written, according to what is proclamated in blessing, God will bless you beyond your wildest dream. God will start sending blessings not only from the north, south, east, and west. He will send blessings your way from seven directions. You will, be, you will be having a testimony. You will be leaping for joy. Letting folk know can't nobody do you like your Jesus. But notice again. We see a word in here. That we saw in John 8. You have to believe. Notice it. Notice this. We're still in Romans 1 and 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, whether the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. You gotta believe the gospel. You gotta, you gotta believe it when everything that can go wrong is taking place in your life. You gotta believe that God gonna give me a way out of this right here. I love what Paul told the Corinthian church. He said, in every temptation, every test you go through, he's going to make sure you have a way to come out of that test. He's going to make sure you're going to be able to come out and, and give him the glory. You're going to be able to come out with a testimony, letting folk know that he'll do exactly what he promised. How many know God will do what he promised? If he promised healing, he'll heal you. Paul got so happy about it to where he decreed all of the promises of God in him are yes and amen. You know what amen means, don't you? So be it. 
So you need to leave the church sometime talking about so be it. Pastor said it was going to happen. So be it. Pastor said God was going to do it. And it's in line with what he read today. So be it. Amen. You have to believe. And don't try to make believing hard. Wonder if I believe. Look. When you believe, you just continue to think, talk, and do. And it's going to always be opposition that tries to make you not think, talk, and do according to what is written and revealed. You just have to keep doing it. And that's what you call belief. That's what you call it. And notice he really sums it up in verse 17. He says, for in, for in it, or in the gospel, the righteousness of God is what? Revealed. From what? Faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. In other words, whatever God reveals, that's what you live by. And that says that you're believing. I just got to keep thinking, saying, and doing. When somebody tell you, well, it ain't looking the way we wanted it to look. Well, God's still doing what he said, and you just keep doing it. You don't allow anything or anybody to control you. Why? God done made you free. And that's the reason Paul talked about all of the trouble he was going through while being in chains. He said, they called me an evildoer in here. He said, now locked up and folk talking about him on the inside and the outside. Y'all know y'all be talking about Walker if he got locked up. Wonder what Pastor did. Well, they say Pastor was talking about that prosperity. They locked up. Well, that don't sound right but to me. They wouldn't just lock him up for preaching that gospel. Yeah, they, they'll, they'll put some charges to you and may not call it the gospel just like when it came to Jesus. The bottom line, they got tired of him preaching the truth and folk were being delivered. But then they turn around and say, you know what, he's a blasphemer. He been talking against Caesar. He been talking against this, that, and the other. That's what he is. He's a blasphemer. He need to be killed. They wouldn't just say we mad because he preaching the truth and folk we don't want to get free. Folk we don't want to have nothing getting stuff now. No, they're going to put something on you. But they had labeled him an evil dude. Because of, notice what he says again here in 2 Timothy. His gospel. His gospel. He said to the point to where they changed. He said, they chained me because of my gospel. But see, what they didn't understand, changing him literally was not going to stop him from believing. <laughs> was not going to stop him from pro proclamating the gospel even though he had to switch and start doing so. Yes, from the mouth in prison, but then he started writing letters. And sending them everywhere because he, he had to still let folks know, yeah, I'm locked up, but I still believe. And see, even though you're going 
through it in your body, going through it in your mind, going through it with your money, you still have to show for you believe. You may be going through something horrific right now, but my question to you, do you still believe the gospel? Do you still believe that God going to bring you out? You may not have a dime in your pocket, but you got a stack of bills. My question to you is, do you still believe that God supplies all needs according to his riches and glory? You may be going through something in your body and the doctor is perplexed, don't know what to do. But my question to you is, do you still believe that Jesus is a healer? Do you still believe that he is Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals you. Where is your faith? Going through it, but where is your faith? You got to be like Paul in the text. Going through it, but he still. Well, letting folks know it's my gospel. I'm in here locked up, but I still got to fulfill my purpose. He called me to be an apostle. I know an apostle is supposed to go from here to there. Yeah, I'm chained. I can't literally get up and walk because of these chains, but I'm going to let these ladders walk for me. I'm going to let them walk to Philippia. I'm going to let them walk to Galatia. I'm going to let them walk to wherever people haven't heard the gospel or wherever they have heard the gospel. Say to your neighbor, you can't allow anything or anybody to chain you. You got to stay in the word. You got to stay in the gospel. You got to still confess what does say is God, even though you're going through it in your mind, even though you're going through it in your finances, even though you're going through it in some other aspect of your life, you still got to give God the praise. You got to give him the glory. You got to give him the honor. And you got to let folks know in the midst of your trouble, can't nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do me like. And then Paul, he closed out the verse. And I'm closing too. But notice what he says. But the word of God did not change. It's not change. I may not be able to go like I, like I used to go, but the word is still right. Things may not be happening the way I want them to happen, but the word is still right. The enemy trying to play with my mind, but the word is still right. The word is not changed. You know, because you have crazy folk act like God ain't, ain't got all power. Where was God in all this? Where did, why did God allow? You don't know your word. God is the one that said stuff like this was going to happen. That's where he is. He's the one that said it for it manifested. He was the one that said many of the afflictions of the righteous, but I'll bring them out of every single one. Don't think going through something in your body is, is something that shouldn't be. You're supposed to go through some stuff in your mind, in your body, in your finances, so God can show up and show out. My trouble is the biggest witness 
of my complete testimony. When I tell for I suffered, but look at how I'm reigning. I went through it, but look at the finished product. Your trouble is part of your story. I got to close it, but look at somebody and say, your trouble is part of your story. What you're going through right now, if it's trouble, is part of your story. But don't ever get to the point to where you stop believing what freed you. I know the word freed me. And some of you in here, I, I know the word freed you. I know God freed you. You can't tell me the word didn't free break. Some of you, I had known you as long as I've known Bray, but since the time I have known you, as many times as God has brought you out of this, that, and the other, I know God freed you. Say, your David, his word is not changed. Let's read, I'm going to keep applying it. Lord, let the word work on my mind. Something trying to battle me up here, God. Come on, let the word work on my mind. Lord, something, something going on with my hand. Let, 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 let the word just work in my hand. Do for, do for some folk what you did for TJ, Lord. Let the word just start working it. How many understand? I'm going to stop right there. Let's get